Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. I say good morning, uh, Nancy, across the way there is going to say good afternoon because we're in different time zones. But this is the April 9th edition of Homeschooling Helps. I'm Andrea Schwartz, and that's Nancy Wilk. Hello. Good afternoon. Or good morning, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) So today's topic probably seems like a no-brainer or why would you even talk about things like phone skills, email, and in-person contact. Um, do you think that's what people think, that this is sort of a, a non-discussion, or do you think it's something that is needed? Well, you know, I think that I think that we communicate all the time. We've got so many communication tools. Sometimes it's easy, you know, just to send a photograph. I mean, a picture's worth a thousand words. What is a GIF, you know? But, you know, at the same time, I know that I'm a little bit old and, you know, I, I, I have a particular communication style that I'm more comfortable with than others. But, I, you know, I think that there's something to being able to communicate. What is that really? And just because we've got 87 email addresses and three devices and everybody's got one, we can find each other on this family planning thing like but we're still, you know, like, I think there's, I, I hope that we get to talk about not just those communication, but actually, um, actually connecting in terms of real communication, not just tweeting and texting. So right. you're going to give us that? Um, I hope so, because obviously learning the mechanics of something without understanding the purpose Um, This really came home to me uh, when my youngest uh, got to the point where she could answer the phone. And there actually we had um, a book that talked about phone skills. And the funny part is one time someone called up and said, hello, is your mother home? And she said, yes, and hung up. (laughs) Like, okay. And I had to say, no, no, they actually probably wanted to talk to me. Um, they just didn't want to find out if your mom's home. But that opened up, and let's talk about phone skills first, a whole myriad of things in terms of the correct way to do it, how to be polite, how to be clear in your communication, and how to listen. But it also had to do with a security component. If a young person answers the phone and somebody says, hi, is your mother home? And the person says yes or no, you've just let somebody else know that you're by yourself. And it would be nice if we lived in a world that you didn't have to be concerned about that. Now, I'll digress off the phone for a second. How many people just love to tell everybody that they're in at the Grand Canyon? And anybody who knows them knows, well, if they're at the Grand Canyon, they're probably not at home. So how much are people telegraphing in an insecure way because they want to be topical or they want to be considered interesting? Mm 
So there needs to be some basic family rules in terms of privacy mm-hmm. and the fact that the world doesn't need to know everything that you or your family is doing. Right. That's a really great point. I appreciate that. So, yeah. So, for example, a standard way to teach. And when you're homeschooling, I should say this, the kids are home. Right. Mm -hmm. So during homeschool hours, when you're actually trying to get academic work done, there should probably be a policy in place that either you have your answering machine or your voicemail operational and you don't knee jerk just because someone's trying to call you, especially in a day where you have all these telemarketing or this robo calls that you stop what you're doing, you pick it up and it's either somebody soliciting something or it's just a recording that's acting like it's really talking to you. So the discipline of not interrupting your day because someone's calling you now, Obviously, within the context of family, if you want to stay in touch with your parents, you want to stay in touch with grandparents, or you want to stay in touch with brothers and sisters, people who are out, there are other ways to do it now that weren't available 20 years ago. So you could text somebody and say, I need your help, or I need a question answered, or whatever it is. But we've got to get away from that just because something is incoming that we have to stop. Right. One of the things that we can do with the with the um, cell phones now is you can silence them except to let certain certain callers through, you know, so you could let dad's call come through anytime or grandma's call come through. Exactly. So uh, a standard way is, first of all, to establish what it is you want. Do you want your children to answer the phone? If you don't want certain children to answer the phone, then make that a requirement, kind of like some people just don't let their children turn on the television at any time, or they limit the amount of screen time, or you just don't have free reign of the pantry or the refrigerator. So there are going to be family rules that are going to be unique to you. But when somebody calls up and says, hello, can I speak to such and such? Instead of saying, sure, mom, somebody wants to talk to you. (laughs) Who may I say is calling? What is this about? And if somebody says, oh, um, is such and such a person your mother? Who is calling? What is this about? And you can practice this with your children so that you can try to throw them off and point out, okay, now see, I just asked you a bunch of different questions. You gave me the information I wanted, but you didn't maintain what we said would be the script. And it might even be a good idea next to the phone to especially if the child can read to have a script that is followed mm-hmm. and that allows for you to not so much and, and you don't want to be rude you don't want to say hi who's this why are you calling me or something like that sure. so number one it's totally appropriate to screen it's totally appropriate to have a message but one of the things that i'd say to families if you have a message is if somebody who actually knows you or whatever says, please call me back. And very few of the solicitors say, call me back because they're not even calling from the number that appears on your um, caller ID. Make sure you call people back. Otherwise, what's the point of having voicemail? So if I call up and say, I really need to talk to you instead of leaving a whole message. And then I don't hear from somebody for three days or four days or something like that, that prompts me to have to call back. So, this the whole idea of a telephone is like playing tennis. Somebody hits the ball this way. Now somebody hits the ball back. Now it doesn't mean you always have to hit the ball back. 
you still have the liberty right. to do things or not. But if you're going to establish a situation where people are going to be contacting you that you know, at least have the courtesy to call them back. Right. Right. Um, we're, you're speaking in terms primarily of safety and, and, um, and the rules for the family. And those can really be very, very important and significant. It might seem like, you know, we're fine. We don't need to, we don't need to worry about that. But I have two incidents that in which the children answering the phone were, were very um, significant in our life. One time my daughter answered the phone and it was a prospective employer calling me for a job. And after my daughter answered the phone, got me to the telephone, he said, um, he invited me to come and interview and told me after the interview, after I had the job, that anybody that could teach a child to answer the phone, as well as I had taught my child to answer the phone, could answer his phone any day. It was a job as a receptionist. Another story is we were um, we had another little boy in our house. We were I was nannying him, and he actually answered the phone and took a message from my husband. I don't know how that happened. I don't know where I was, but he took a message and then wrote it down on the kitchen counter and just left it on the kitchen counter. It was a week before we found it, and this was a a man that was offering my husband a promotion and. It, it was a week before we called him back and we, and we didn't even know it. So fortunately or not fortunately, God is providential in all these things. You know, we didn't lose that opportunity, but you never know who's going to be calling and you want to represent your family. Well, you want to represent the Lord. Well, and you want to speak correctly to those people. Right. And since we talk about the family being your first school and your first, um, employment place, uh, things like that. With homeschool, you can incorporate this in. So for example, don't answer the phone if you're not prepared to take a message. That has something to do with the fact that somebody has to be at least capable of writing something down. Right. right? Now, answering machines or voicemail will record things, but guess what? You could have had someone come in, check that message if it had been left as a message, and not tell anybody. And so now you don't even know that there's a message because you're the, the way the machine is set up or voicemail is once somebody hears it, it doesn't show as an active message. So these are things that not only help your family or hurt your family if it's not done well, but what's to say then by the time someone is older and looking for a way to volunteer or looking for a way to get some you know money when they're you know teens and they wanna get an extra job, they can say, I have skills in answering the phone, returning messages, et cetera, because they do. It sure. doesn't have to be that somebody else who is not their family. Your example, which I didn't know about till just now, was that your, your daughter impressed a prospective employer enough that probably she'd been old enough. He might have said, is she open for a job? <laughs> <laughs> she was only six years old. You know, well, I guess as a it. child, like really as a child, she could do that very yeah. well. So so. This would be the sort of thing that you could practice with your children um, and then be in a position to try to monkey wrench it and see if you can throw them off. If you have done that, then uh, somebody who's trying to get information is who's home or not, or somebody who's trying to get information for some other reason 
that you don't have to disclose whether someone's home. My daughter, who you know would hang up when you know his mom home, yes, and hang up. Sometimes once we got past that, I had to get her to say, okay, now you don't have to tell somebody if your mom is at home. Well, you don't want me to lie. I said, you turn the question around. You just say, who may I say is calling? And then instead of saying, oh yeah, my mom is home. You say, hold on, please. And most phones today have the ability to mute. And then you find out, does your mother want to talk to this person or not? If you're going to come back on the phone and say, um, please call back, you know, tomorrow at such and such time, or she's, she's not available right now. And see, even if your parent is not home, he or she is not available right now is accurate. So we don't want to tell children, just lie to people, because that's right. not a good practice. But there are ways in which we can say things so that we're being accurate, but we're not divulging things. Right. Because you don't want your kids to say, oh, she's in the bathroom, you know, or right. she's, she's cutting a chicken or she's changing the baby's diaper, whatever it is. You just want them to be able to properly communicate that mom's not available, but your call is important. That's one of the things that we do um, tell our children is it, when we're talking about communication in person, that your words are important. You know, what you're saying is important to me and I want to hear it. So I'm sure that we're going to get to that in just a minute, but um, you know, so now the flip side, okay, that was incoming. What about outgoing? How do you, in a polite, mature way, make a call? So if I said to one of my children, I need you to schedule dog grooming for the dog, okay? These are the hours we can do it. These are the possibilities. Call up and schedule it. Well, that used to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Sure, you can do it. Let's practice how you could do this you'll find that you end up with a lot of help because now somebody knows how to do something. Um, we ran into problems, of course. A person called up, scheduled the appointment and scheduled at a time that we couldn't come because I had failed to say, okay, these are the, these are the times we could come. So find something within there. And think of all the skills that's incorporating. It's incorporating being able to record something properly, good handwriting so I can read it later, um, knowing how long something's going to take. So if it's gonna, something's gonna take three hours, then you have to make sure that you could be available at the end of three hours to go ahead and do it. So these are very practical skills that unfortunately very few people know. Right. But they're very practical skills that they need. Um, sure. They need to know how to do And it seems like, really, it just seems like there's so much stuff that's automated right now that we really have lost some of those, those really basic and foundational things. We actually have a landline in our building, and that is surprising to people they, that you can still have those things, and we do. And so another thing that I certainly was taught, and I think it often is the mark of homeschooling families, is that when a young person is talking to an adult, don't assume you can call that adult by his or her first name. All right. Mrs. This, Mr. That, Miss This, whatever. And the point is, somebody might say, oh, no, you can call me such and such. Well, a young child or an older child should be hesitant about calling an adult 
who's 50 years, 30 years older by their first name. That used to be something even amongst adults that people would have to say, um, please call me by my first name, as opposed to just assuming that you could call somebody by their first name. Now, obviously, if you're calling a business and they say, hi, this is Sally, you say, hello, Sally, you know, such and such. But you always speak with respect. And even if you don't get the answer you want, learn how to be forceful and direct without being rude. Yes. And this is something that can be practiced. And uh, they, the practice and the role playing can actually be kind of fun um, because you can make it so that there will be situations that you give your children to have to encounter. And a lot of them will say, oh, this would never happen. Yeah, they happen. Yeah. Um, that, that brings up an important, you know, thing. That is, I live, I grew up in the South in a culture where you said, yes, ma'am. You said, no, sir. You know, to everybody, it was absolutely expected as a term of, of honor and, and respect. And you had to really, really be a grown up before you called somebody by their first name. Nowadays, that's that people don't don't want you to do that necessarily. But I think that it's still valuable to do that and recognizing and honoring appropriately. And where it used to be, there used to be some some things like grandma called everybody honey, you know, that you there's just these terms of endearment, you know, that you use for younger, you know, folks in in the southern culture. And, you know, nowadays, if you said come here, honey, to even the tiny, you know, the little children, somebody would be offended by that. So, you know, learning what is culturally appropriate and honorable and using people's names appropriately, we need to practice that and, and not get, you know, not get crazy, but we do. We, we have lost all those proper boundaries. And they're called conventions because that's the way people dealt with each other. Now, I remember that when um, we started homeschooling and interacting with people, this was not a concept that my husband was familiar with. I had grown up where you did call people Mr. and Mrs., but he hadn't necessarily. So we would meet families and he would look at an eight-year-old and go, hi, and he'd give his first name. And I'd have to say, no, say, my name is Mr. Schwartz. And he goes, no, no, he can call me this. I said, no, he can't. First of all, his parents don't want him to, so don't put him in an awkward position. And you could always tell when the child was in an awkward position because his mouth would open. It's like, I can't do that because that's not how we've been taught to do it. So I think it's a good convention to reinstate. Obviously, different regions of the country um, will have different you know, traditions or different customs, but I never think it's wrong to err on the side of being polite as opposed to erring on the side of being overly casual or familiar when you don't have that kind of relationship. What? Mm-hmm. So let's jump to email. All right. Now, email isn't quite the same as phone because you're not necessarily in real time talking to people, although with Messenger and all these other things, Skype, there would still be that kind of dynamic where you're talking. But with email, it's really important if you're allowing your children to email and they understand the parameters and who they're allowed to email and who they're not, 
that you should read what you write before you send it. How many times have you received emails from people who are not children or adults? There's misspelling, extra words, um, not terribly clear what's being asked. And this is the sort of thing that, especially if by the time your children are old enough to have a job somewhere, if they come in with established skills and they don't have to be taught that, not only are they a better candidate, but they're more likely to be promoted because they demonstrate a competence, which unfortunately a lot of people don't know. Right. Well, that's true in email. And, and I know that um, in our culture now with the texting and Facebook and tweeting and all that stuff, you, you really um, like people are spelling things like you are like just a you and just the letter R instead of Y-O-U space A-R-E. And or doing this, the GIF stuff where the guy rolls his eyes on the GIF. And I think, you know what, if that's what you're really thinking, then that's not really conversation. That's not really it's communicating, but it's not communicating in a way that is honorable and truthful. And I think that we need to remember that whether our conversation is verbal, face-to-face, over the phone, on a tweet, text, or email, that we are still responsible for those words and that they communicate. Are we communicating honorably in a way that is glorifying God in, in what we really mean to tell that person? Right. And what we want to instill in young people is the idea that being an adolescent or being a teen, uh, first of all, just those categorizations are very modern categorizations. So the idea is to be mature. And mm-hmm. the fact that people won't necessarily know how old you are. Um, there are plenty of times where you're dealing with somebody and you assume that they're way older, only to discover that they're 14 or 15 years old, but they have learned these skills. And Let's jump now to in-person communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that seems to mark homeschooling students, as opposed to your average secular public school student, is that they look adults in the eye. I've been more places with my children and somebody saying, excuse me, are you a homeschooling family? And my thought was, oh my goodness, what did my children do? And I say, (laughs) why do you ask? Yes, we are. Well, they looked me in the eye and I figured that they must be homeschoolers. And so learning how, for example, that you meet somebody and you say, hello, little Johnny, this is Mrs. Smith. Um, Let's say it's a church or something like that. Johnny should look at Mrs. Smith in the eye and say, nice to meet you, Mrs. Smith. Now, what I don't suggest parents do for in-person contact is somebody from you know, the church congregation comes up and goes, hi, Johnny, how are you today? And Johnny just kind of does deer in the headlights and doesn't say anything. And now mom is saying, say hi to Mrs. Smith. Say hi to Mrs. Smith. You must say hi to Mrs. Smith. Johnny doesn't do it. Now Mrs. Smith feels really bad that she even came up and said hello to Johnny because what wasn't a conflict is now a conflict. So how do you deal with that? What you do is you teach your children, you practice what happens. And then Maybe they don't do it right. But when you're by yourself and when you're back home, you talk about the fact that wasn't acceptable how you did that. 
Now, right. Mrs. Smith could be a real pain and nobody wants to talk to Mrs. Smith, but she's still a person. She's still made in the image of God and you treat her with respect. Now, if this happens all the time and your child feels cornered, then you go up to Mrs. Smith and say, you know, we would rather it be this way. And always frame it that we're trying to teach our children to be respectful and mature and that yes. they honor their elders. Because you see, where does this all come from? Why should we honor elders? Well, the fifth commandment talks about honoring your father and your mother, right? Well, not everybody's your father and your mother, but we do recognize age and adulthood as a place to show deference. Doesn't mean you do anything and everything an adult tells you to do, but you're on much safer ground to the degree that you are polite and you're not presuming. If you have somebody, and this is could go into in terms of in-person contact, if you have somebody who's weirdly approaching your child or teen and being overly familiar and asking, you know, then your children have already been schooled on how not to give away too much information and then also to share with you if they do have unpleasant encounters or they're not sure that they did things the correct way. Um, because let's face it, everybody makes mistakes. There's plenty of times where I have an interaction. I thought, wow, that wasn't really smart. I should do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, play, the, the place to practice that is at home. And I have had lots of um, opportunity um, where children have not learned those those good social skills yet. We call them soft skills. and They're called soft skills in the business. Being able to shake somebody's hand and look at them in the eye and follow through with instructions, those kind of things. Um, so they do need to learn learn them at home. But when little Johnny is hiding behind mama's skirt, instead of saying hello to Mrs. Smith at church, mom can simply say, we're working on that, right. you know, and, and not let Johnny get away with saying, oh, well, he's just shy. Well, no, that was just rude. You know, after, you know, after a certain number of tries, that's not shy anymore. That's being rude to Mrs. Smith. And um, so those are important skills to be able to uh, to to master. Right. It's so funny that you say about shy. I'm not sure there's any place in the scripture that uses that description. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be shy. You might be afraid of heights. You might not like to be told what to do. There are plenty of things that we are not, you know, this is not on our top 10 list. But again, this is what you practice with your children so that they're being good witnesses. They're being good ambassadors, not only for homeschooling and, you know, being a Christian young person, but they're representing Jesus Christ if you are a Christian. And so yeah. an ambassador you know, if we look at how we have political ambassadors, they learn how to deal within the culture they are. And this goes back to our children need to understand that the biblical Christian worldview that we're promoting isn't necessarily the status quo when they go out, whether it's church or family gatherings or whatever. So yeah. the tendency, of course, is to fall into imitating what sitters do. And that's why it's just as important that our children have these skills and they're framed in a biblical world and life view than just academic skills. Cause who needs 
a smart aleck. <laughs> he might be really smart, but do you really need somebody who can't present well and doesn't regard others? Yeah. Well, um, we said, one of the things I said a minute ago was that these things need to be practiced at home. And I don't mean that they should just be practiced at home so that you can do it when you get out. But, but that should be how we treat each other at home. Because I started to say earlier that we instruct our children that their words are important to us. I love you. I want to hear what you have to say. Please look at me when you're talking to me so that you can make sure that I'm hearing you correctly and that I stand there and answer them instead of talking at the kids. We need to recognize that communication, like you said, it's like a tennis ball. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth appropriately, you know. And so just like on a tennis court, we wouldn't, you know, the goal uh, when you're keeping score on a tennis court, the goal is to get the, the ball for your opponent not to be able to hit it back. But we need to practice communicating in a way that they do get to bounce the ball back. You know, okay. so practice this back and forth, looking at each other. If it's hard to look at somebody in the eye, we just practice looking at your mouth. At least let me see your face so that I know you're talking to me, you know. Right. And so speak so you can be heard, not mumble yeah. as a way in which to get out of it. And I actually think that um, the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, whatever. These are good practices because what it does is even if you don't necessarily remember the person's name or you're not going to say their name over and over again, it shows respect. And if you're going to say yes, sir, right? then that means that you've listened enough to know what's being said. And that's the other thing. We talked about being able to write down a message that comes in over the phone. Well, people might communicate to you directly. So another good practice is to give your children a series of instructions mm -hmm. and then say, okay, say back to me what I just said. And my experience was they maybe remembered the first thing you said, and had tuned you out or remember the very last thing you said. And so a good practice is, okay, I want you to do this. And then mom's gone out. I want you to do this. Then I want you to do this. And then I want you to do this. And only when you have those three things done, can you do this? Okay. Yeah. Tell me what I just said. Well, you said that I have stuff to do. No, no, no. no. Okay. I'll say it again. You do this then you do this and you do this. And only when you have those three things done, can you do this? Right. And maybe right. a little bit better. Trust me, it's worth it so that number one, they're accountable. And number two, that you don't go beyond what you said. Maybe you forgot to add three A in there and you come home and you're very upset and you go, no, don't you remember you said to do blah, blah, blah. And you, go, you know, right. Mm -hmm. I should have said that, but I didn't. So you're not at fault. Mm -hmm. So, right. so what we're really talking about is training good communication and Trust me, it's so more important than whether or not you can do geometric theorems or whether or not um, you know all the dates of the Tudor and the Stuart Kings of England. You know, depending on what you do in life, you might need to know those things, but you'll always need to be a good communicator in your marriage, with future in-laws, with neighbors, with employers, with fellow employees. Right. And when we recognize that communication goes back and forth, it's not just waiting to talk. It's listening in between. 
So right. that's another important point. Right. That you bring right. up. Um, Bill, who is watching, said, Tim Yarbrough, is somebody we both know, a wise man and elder by anyone's standard, always uses Mr., Mrs., or Ms. when conversing to ensure a respectful dialogue. There are times, even with my husband, although it started off being sort of facetious at, at points, but to be able to say, Mr. Schwartz, I would like your attention, please, or Mr. Schwartz, what time are you doing, whatever. And, you know, that was a custom that people used to do a while back. And we should realize that customs don't just exist out of nowhere. People go, let's have a custom for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a custom and there's usually a very good reason for it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, going back to manners, because we're really talking about manners here. And right. good manners really is a good way to interact with people, not a show, not a pretend of respect. It's actually respect. Right, right. All right, friend. Well, you have any closing remarks? It seems like we're getting close to our quit. Yes, time. we are. But I always hate to quit. I, I, I always can talk longer. So That's true. No, no. A half hour is what we've allotted. Anyway, I hope it's helpful um, because this is thinking out of the box, which is what this series is about, giving people ideas on where to spend time that will have a valuable return and add value to your son or daughter's um, future. And and I think that uh, once these skills are sort of developed, uh, a great way for them to practice it is in terms of volunteer style um, activities. If there's, you know, if the church needs somebody to um, watch the phones while the church receptionist is taking a lunch break uh, when it comes time to meeting people for the first time, if you're doing nursing home ministry or whatever it is, how valuable to have your children know how to relate in all forms of communications, whether it's on the phone, in person, or in written communication. Right, right. They can do something as simple as being a door greeter, you know, at church. Open the door and say, good morning, good morning, good morning. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, well, until next time, where we'll have another out-of-the-box consideration. I hope this has been helpful. And you can always leave your comments. We like your comments. And if there are things that you would like us to discuss, just feel free to put it in the comment section. All right. Yes, ma'am. Very good. Next time. Okay. Next time. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.